We're glad you're here on this Father's Day in the house of the Lord today. Got a great looking group of people here today. Some good looking fathers in the house. Let's give all of our dads a great big hand this morning. Happy Father's Day to you. Amen. I think our youth are staying in this morning, I understand, and um, we're going to get right into the Word of the Lord today. Job chapter 1, if you would like to turn with me this morning, Job chapter 1, I'm going to begin with verse number 1, reading down through verse number 5, and Gentry gave me 10 minutes to preach this morning, and uh, I... um, Ask him if he could preach in 10 minutes. We'll find out here before too long, maybe. (laughs) Job chapter 1 and verse number 1. Amen. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared the Lord and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest in all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, everyone his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, And offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Thus did Job continually. Let's pray together that the Lord would help us this morning. Lord, I pray over your word today, God, that... You would anoint the lips of clay to speak and preach your word that you have laid upon my heart this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint the ears and hearts of the hearers this morning to receive the word of the Lord. God, that you would accomplish the purpose for this word that you have spoken to me, Lord, that I may be able to speak it to this congregation, Lord, that it may accomplish your will. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. Dads often are responsible for teaching children things that are a little more dangerous. Particularly more dangerous than anything that a mom would particularly teach a child. How many of you know what I mean? I thought it might be appropriate this morning just to use for a title and give me a little something to springboard into this. But um, I'm going to use for a title this morning, That Will Leave a Mark. That will leave a mark. I thought it was appropriate because it was, it's dads normally that teach their children to ride bicycles, and you know, that never always turns out perfect. 
to ride motorcycles and teaches them how to rope swing into the river or creek. Teaches them to play ball. Football and basketball and baseball. You, you, don't, you don't have many moms. There may be a few, but you don't have many moms that you, you hear standing at the fence as the kids are playing, yelling, toughen up, boy, you'll be all right. But dads, it's kind of common. It's dads that will yell, take one for the team. It may leave a mark, but you'll get over it. It's just dad's way. But dads really do teach a lot. Dads teach children so very much. Uh, It is normally from dads that work ethic is taught. It is often from dads that Children grow up learning how to honor other people. It's often from from dads that children learn control, particularly self-control or the lack thereof. Many actions and reactions I, I tend to believe are perhaps not nearly as biological as they are environmental. It is from the dad. It is from the voice of a father. It is from the dad speaking. It is from the dad teaching. It is from the dad speaking certain things into their lives. Teaching by example. Leading by example. Uh, The impression of a father in the life of a child, whether it be a young child or their child, on up in years, the impression of a father leaves a mark that runs very deep into the lives of their children. What a mother teaches a child makes an impression, but a father's involvement in a child's life will leave a very deep mark and have an effect that is not only in the here and in the now, but it goes into the future. It runs deep. It's common. I never have really figured this one out. But has anybody ever heard the term, wait until your father gets home? It's mom's way of striking fear in the hearts of their children and causing them to fear their fathers. Wait until your father gets home. Why don't you go ahead and take care of it now? I would tell my wife, it's because you want me to be the bad guy. You want them to love you and hate me when they're old. Wait until your father gets home. And the reason is, is because you know that Mom may give you a switching, but dad will leave a mark. Now, I'm not advocating beating your children this morning in any way, but perhaps we all have been around behind the woodshed a couple of times. And it didn't exactly hurt me. My dad always had a way of saying, son, it's just going to loosen up your hide a little bit so you can grow. 
thus blame all of this on my father. Mom would say, I remember so clearly, I remember one time my, our garage door did not lock at our house. You could not lock the garage door because it, Dad had some secret method of being able to unlock the garage door to raise it. And he was the only person in the family that could get it up. And it was after much work and labor. It was a little single garage door. That room now has been modified and turned into a, a family room or a den as they used to call it. And um, I, was, I was young. My, my middle brother, Mark, was at the house. And uh, I, I sent Mark a little Facebook post this morning that said, I'm so glad that I had a brother like you growing up. Otherwise, I would have always been in trouble. We were, we were in the house, and storm clouds blew up, and it started looking like it was going to rain. And then it got really bad, and they came over the news and says there's, there's, it's hailing, and it's large-sized hail, and it's damaging vehicles. And Mom and Dad had a Chevrolet Impala parked in the parking lot out in the driveway. And right in the middle of all that, some way, somehow, my brother had coerced me to come out into the garage. And he takes me over and shows me how I could lock the garage door. I knew that only dad could unlock the door, but I did not weigh the consequences. I was perhaps five or six, and I was looking at that door, and I thought, mm, okay. And he said, I bet you won't lock it. So I did, and the hailstorm came, both outside of the house and my mother said, raise the garage door, I'm going to pull the car inside, and my brother looks and says, door's locked. Who locked the door? Philip did. He told me to. Mom said, it doesn't matter who told you to. You knew the rules. You knew you were not supposed to do that. She said, you're going to get a spanking now, and you're going to get another one when Dad gets home. I got two. It was bad. I almost died. My parents never hurt me growing up. They, they disciplined us. They, they tried to, to work some things into us. Some of us were a little more difficult to work some things through our thick skull. But all in all, I suppose they did a decent job, and, and uh, we have survived. When I would do something wrong, my mother would say, I'm not raising him. He's just, I'm just letting him live. We all have kids like that. Maybe one, usually the oldest one. Where's he at? I'm looking for him. He's in here somehow. Fathers leave marks, indelible marks that impress a child and have a deep effect in the life and the future of a child. I want to talk to you just a little bit about some of the ways that fathers leave marks in the lives of their children and their sons and their daughters grow up, and they are marked by the Father. And the mark of a father is one of the most 
honoring things for both a father and a child. Because for that child, when he grows up and he gets along about the age that I am, I look at some of the things that my father uh, let me by with, and I thought maybe he should have taught me a lesson. Maybe I should have learned. But I look at some of the indelible marks that my father made, and there's no way that I can go deeply into this message this morning and cover all the ways that fathers influence their children. But I want to speak to you a little bit about this morning uh, a few ways that fathers influence their children to make a mark in their life that affects them well into the future. And the first mark that I want to tell you this morning about is the mark of a father's presence. No, our students are in here this morning. I'm not talking about Christmas presents. I'm talking about your father being present. Your father being there. One of the greatest influences that a father can have on their children is being present. I often say during child dedications that a child is a good reason to stay married. Somebody ought to shout it, amen. It's a good reason to stay married. The presence of a father in a home is such a powerful influence. And not just being present as staying married, but staying involved in, in the home, staying involved in the life of the children, staying involved and having a real effect, spending time with the children to the point that they are able to make an impact. I think it is a shame if the school teacher spends more time with children than do the parents. Pastor, we live in a different age. I understand we live in a different age. In 1965, parents on average spent about 30 hours a week with their kids. 1965. 20 years later, in 1985, the amount of time that, that parents spent with their children had fallen to about 17 hours. From 1985 to the present, they say the average parent spends less than six hours with their children. Who is the greatest influence in your children's life. I fear for some, perhaps it may be that Hollywood is even a greater influence than the, than the parents. Is it video games? Is it, is it friends? Is it social media? What is the greatest influence in the life of your child? I speak to mothers and fathers alike today to wake up to the fact that it is our presence in the life of a child that will have the greatest influence in their future. Let me go further. I didn't expect you to run the aisles, but I thought at least I would get a, a Baptist nod out of you occasionally. <laughs> Today, about 50% of all children grow up in a home without a father. Half of all children grow up in a home without a father. If your, fa if your father is in your home, do yourself a good service today by going to them 
wrapping your arms around them and just simply saying, I don't want anything for this, this hug. I just want to thank you for staying. I want to thank you for being here. Well, that seems odd. That seems strange. Ask the other half of society that doesn't have a father in the home. Fatherhood makes a great impact in the lives of children. I read a recent article. It's called The Missing Father Factor. It's among our nation's worst social problems today. When I was studying at the University of Indianapolis, I took a class. One of the classes that I was in uh, for the psychology path that I was taking, in that, in, those, in that series of classes, I took a class, it was a sociology class, that was associated with social problems. And social problems are, are, are major problems that, that affect all society and they're, they're problems that often do not come with easy answers. It's problems such as immigration. And it's real easy to throw around little slogans and memes and say, this is how we ought to handle it. But it's another thing when we really get down to brass facts, to the fact that probably all of us go back to immigrants. It looks quite different when we look at it from that Perspective, And all of these are different problems. One of the greatest problems of today, according to this recent article that I read, said that the, the missing father factor is among the nation's worst social problems. They are linking so many problems that are happening in society to missing fathers in the home. I want to first off, I want to commend the fathers that are here today that chose to stay when it was easier to leave. Some of you right now are probably thinking, wow, pastor's wading into some deep territory with such a mixed congregation. I hope by the time I'm done this morning that I change your mind on why I chose this subject because we need to leave a mark. The missing father factor, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, 24 million children in America. One out of every three children live in the home of their biological father. Let me break this down for you. 50% of kids live in a home without a father. Two out of three live in a home without a biological father. One out of every three kids that you meet when you walk through the mall are able to live in the home of their biological father. This is a concern. Nine in ten American parents agree that this is a problem that has affected them or their children. I want you to get this this morning. Not every dad fathered a child. Some of the greatest dads on the planet are not the donor 
for the birth of a child. But they stepped in a role by adoption, by selection, or however it may have come about, and they fulfill a role of a father. The impact of a good role model in a home is one of the most powerful things that could happen to a child. First, I speak to the fathers that have biological children in the home. Thank you for staying. Thank you for being a dad. But it goes beyond just staying and being a dad. But I ask you this morning, what kind of impact are you making with your presence there? What are you doing with your presence in a home? What kind of influence are you having over your children? Secondly, I want to speak to the fathers by choice. I want to speak to the fathers today and commend you. I saw a very kind, an incredibly kind uh, social media post yesterday by one of our mothers who, who is married to a great young man that's raising her children. And she said, I mean no disrespect to the biological father, but I want to commend my husband for being an incredible father to the children. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the society that we're living in that is marrying and giving in marriage. I am not a proponent, but I will tell you this morning that when we look around us and see fathers doing a great job, we need to pause long enough to say, good job, men. Good job, dad. Thank you for influencing. Thank you for impacting. Thank you for leaving a mark in the life of a young person, of a child. There are fathers in the church. There's fathers in the church. Biological fathers in the church, yes. Spiritual fathers in the church, yes. And then there are father figures in the church. There are people that are part of this church. There are men in this church. Some may be older and perhaps some younger than I, but you are influencing young men and young women in this church. I want to commend you this morning because the impact of a father in the church is so important. If the father ever, I thank God for the ladies, but they've got the day off. I'm speaking to the men this morning. But our men must understand the vital role that they have in the church. I know that the churches perhaps wouldn't even be here today had it not have been for faithful women. But this church is blessed with a great group of men that are here this morning. I want to commend every one of you that have been faithful to God, that have stood for truth, that have stood the test of time. Continue to do what you're doing. Be a greater influence this year than you were last year. Influence children. Influence young people. Influence new converts influence those that don't have a mentor be a positive influence in somebody's life leave a mark in their life the missing father factor consequently in nearly all of these social issues facing America today comes the flashing light of the missing father factor but they say that hope lies in the fact that children with involved fathers do better across uh, every measure of their research, that they do better than homes without a father. But the absent father factor 
has an effect in so many areas, including poverty, health, incarceration, crime, teen pregnancy, child abuse, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, educational levels, and childhood obesity. Dad, thank you for staying. I just struggled. Some of you are rough this morning. You're hard on me today. I'm trying. Children and father absent homes are almost four times as likely to live beneath the economic standard for America. Youths in father absent households have a significantly higher odds of incarceration than those in mother-father families. Youths who never had a father in a household experience the highest odds of being incarcerated before they are 25. A study of 109 juvenile, juvenile offenders indicated that family structure significantly predicts delinquency. Fathers are making a mark. Just your presence makes a mark. Pastor, I'm not the most talented. Stay in there. Pastor, I'm not the most gifted. Stay in there. Pastor, I don't even feel like I'm a good father. Stay in there. Pray about it and work on it. Being raised by a single mother raises the risk of teen pregnancy, marrying with less than a high school degree, and forming, a, and forming a marriage where both partners have less than a high school de- degree. There is significantly more drug use among children who do not live with their father and mother. Children raised in homes with a father who brings them to church are much more likely to stay out of trouble and stay in the church. Young people, if your father brought you to church today, you ought to run to where they are by the time this service is over, throw your arms around them and say, Thank you, Dad, because I could be another statistic. Oh no, that would never happen to me. I come this morning to tell you the influence of your father, young people, is far greater than what you ever could possibly believe. Fathers and grandfathers that are in this room this morning, thank you for bringing your kids and grandkids to church. You are leaving a mark in their life that they will never be able to walk away from. Train up a child in the way that they should go and when. They are old. They will not depart from it. Does that mean they won't go astray? Does that mean they won't fall and fail? Absolutely not. You have no control over that. But I'll tell you that every time that they get to a point where they come to themselves in the pig pen, they're going to be reminded of a, of a dad, of a dad, of a father figure in their life that brought them to the house of God and taught them the truth. I've got to move along this morning. Fathers leave a mark. The second mark that I want to talk about this morning 
is that fathers leave a mark, an indelible mark, of the lack thereof or the positive effect of affirmation. It is the affirmation of a father that often steers the direction of a child. I want you to say the word with me, affirmation. To affirm a child, to give positive affirmation to a child that comes from a male voice, the psychologists say is one of the most powerful things that can happen in the life of a child. If a father is constantly telling a child he will be a loser, he is significantly higher to grow up losing. A father that tells a child he can't, will, will most, the, the child will most likely grow up believing what he has been told by a father. But a father that impacts his child with positive affirmation, that tells them they're doing well, they're doing good, they're going the right direction, is able to influence the child in many other areas of their life. And when they are older, the the direction of a father will have far-reaching effects into the outcome of the future of that child. What I'm telling you this morning, dads and granddads that are in this room this morning, keep on speaking into the life of your children even when they don't want to hear it. Keep affirming them. Keep pointing them in the right direction. Keep telling them what they do right. Dads, we are often great disciplinarians, but Researchers say that dads often struggle to understand the positive influence of affirmation. I come to us this morning pretty strong for a Father's Day perhaps. I don't want to be too strong and too heavy because first of all I want to commend you for the job that you've done. When I look around and I see young men and young women that are doing well, I usually can look back into their life and see a father and a mother that are affirming those kids to do the right thing. It's one thing to tell a child not to do something and tell them the direction they shouldn't go. It's another thing for you to affirm them when they make a good choice when they make a good decision. Your ability to be able to speak correction into their life will be far more impacting if you have spoke affirmation in their life prior to the moment of correction. Dads must do more than just speak affirmation, but they must live out affirmation. They affirm their kids by how they act to them. They affirm them in every area of life, not just telling them how to live, but showing them how to live and letting that child live life along with them. (laughs) I was on a small project yesterday. Gentry came along beside me and was helping me there for a little bit, or maybe I really should turn it around and say I was helping him. 
When we started to walk out to get in the truck yesterday evening, he said, Dad, do you know how many times that we have done this? I said, yep. And we're going to do it a whole lot more times. And I just kept walking. And I was thinking about what I was going to say this morning. It's one thing to, to tell your children to show up to church. It's another thing to show up to church with them. And for the fathers in the house that brought your kids to church this morning, you are affirming some things in them that they will never be able to walk away from. You, you first force them to come, then they come because they want to, and somewhere down the road they'll be turning around saying, Dad, can I pick you up and bring you to church with me? I feel the help of the Lord this morning. The support of the affirmation of a father is one of the key influencers in the life of a child. Look at our young men in the church, many of them that are successful, that are doing wonderful. Look, look at the father and the grandfather perhaps that is behind them and their success will be connected. Oh, no, it's just family traits. It's far more than family traits. Because some of them may not even be biological sons, and you may not even be aware. But the affirmation of a dad's voice has influence and impact that is pushing that son and that daughter to become more than they could become without somebody saying, that's the right thing. You're doing good. Keep on. The third mark. Wow, I got to hurry. I'm almost out of time. You're not even running the aisles yet. The third mark of a father that I want to speak to you about this morning is the mark of a father who sacrifices and prays for his children. The mark of a father who sacrifices and prays for his children. I want to get through this this morning without being too emotional today. But I've been blessed. I've been blessed by a father. He's not here this morning. He's in church with my oldest brother. I called him just before I came out today to wish him a happy Father's Day and talk to him on the phone for a few moments. One of the greatest gifts that my father ever gave me was he taught me by example to sacrifice. And he taught me by example how to pray. The greatest gift you could give your children is the gift of being a praying and sacrificing father. Let me get to our text just for a moment. and I've got like 10 minutes left. Job chapter 1 verse 5. Job offered burnt offerings for his sons. Can I get that on the screen? Job chapter 1 verse 5. Job offered burnt offerings for his sons. And he said the reason that he was doing it was because they may have sinned. He wasn't sure that there would even be any sin. But he's saying just in case. I'm going to pray for them. And the last sentence says, Thus did Job continually. 
Job prayed for his sons just in the event that they made a mistake. I'm blessed with three good boys. We've got a great group of young people in this church. But fathers, teach them by praying for them. Mark them by praying for them. Let the mark of a father's prayer in their life. Well, they're doing good. I shouldn't have to pray for them. Pray for them just in case. And pray for them continually. Don't stop praying because they're not in sin. Don't stop praying because things aren't wrong. Pray for them when they're doing good. And pray for them when they're doing bad. Pray for them continually. The gift of a praying father may be the greatest mark on a child's life. I honor my father today who taught me so much in life. He taught me about sacrifice. So much of our life was given up and given to ministry. Those today who have grown up and we have preacher's kids that are scattered throughout the church and ministers even that are part of our church that understand more clearly what I'm speaking about today. And I say this not in code talk this morning because you can understand the voice of sacrifice. But I tell you today that my dad never one time taught me to dread, hate, or abhor sacrifice. He taught me that there was a price to pay, but there was a privilege to be had. And when somebody struggles with the privilege of ministry, just come live alongside us in days of sacrifice. I've learned through my father and watched the sacrifice. I told somebody the other day, we were talking about vacations, and I said, I don't know, I can't recall uh, the last how many years that we have left for vacation and spent the first day packed, ready for vacation, with my kids sitting in the car with it running and a video on while dad's in the hospital doing a hospital visit just before we get out of town. Don't anybody go and get sick. We could turn that into a negative, but we can't turn it into a negative because I want, to, I want my kids to learn that sacrificing for the kingdom of God and sacrificing for the work of God is just part of what we do. Well, Pastor, you're asking a lot out of this church, and we do, and you have been awesome. This is one of the most sacrificing churches that I have found. The other day, I thought it was so neat. We were packing up and ending the day with the truckload sale. Thank you, so many incredible volunteers. Sister Cheryl gave me the final report. Over $7,000 raised. God bless you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Hours, hours and hours that were spent and given, dedicated and and uh, this year we did something a little different where we're able to actually log the hours and try to keep up with about how many hours we have in so we can see if we're making 20 cents an hour or 30 cents an hour. That was a joke. <laughs> Missed it. Must be bad timing on my part. People sacrificing, laboring, working. We were packing up, locking up, and I came around the corner and I saw a pickup parked back in the back. I thought, well, somebody must be helping themselves to the fishing pond again. 
So I thought, well, I'll drive back here and run off whoever it is. I don't recognize the vehicle. I'm sure it's somebody from the community that slipped in during the sale. It happens occasionally. They'll park, go back, and be fishing at the pond. And, and I go back and have to tell them that they'll need to leave so we can lock up the gate. So I circled around, went back to the back. And when I got back there, I found one of our faithful elders in the church. He was out with a bucket in hand. He was just picking up trash. He was just working. Nobody called to work day. Nobody asked him to show up. I looked at my kids riding in the vehicle with me. I said, that right there is a faithful man. A man that shows up when nobody's asking, when nobody's suggesting, when nobody's recommending, but because they see that there's something that needs to be done. Can I commend our fathers today that shows up to work days and shows up and works and labors when you don't have to? You are teaching your children sacrifice. You are teaching them to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And fathers who show up to prayer meeting and begin to pray. My father taught me how to pray around a bed in his bedroom. Every night we knelt and prayed. And I heard the voice of my father praying in a bedroom every night before we went to bed. I grew up with a praying father. He prayed with me every morning before I went to school. When I came home and was dealing with a problem, he'd say, come on, son, let's go in the living room. Let's sit down. Let's pray about this problem. When I was sick, he would come to the bedside, lay hands on me and pray for me over the sickness that was in my body. Who do I call today now that I'm 48 years old, got my own family and moving on with life? Who do I call today when tragedy strikes, when things come into my life? It's my father that I call. You know why? Because he left a mark of prayer in my life and I have confidence to believe that he knows how to touch the Lord. Not that others don't know how to touch him, but because dad left a mark in my life today I still call him for prayer because we grew up praying together and I've got confidence to know that he really prays when he says I'm praying for you. We've got to do more than just have the little Pentecostal praying for you brother praying for you sister, praying for you son or daughter but we need to really pray. I've got to close this morning. I want to ask the fathers in closing today, what legacy do you want to leave for your children? What kind of mark do you really want to leave in this life? Well, I've left my mark of this, that, and the other. Some of the greatest marks that you could ever leave in the life of your children I've talked about today. It's certainly a short list. There's many more things that we could have added this morning and I could have preached on for a while, but Gentry would have been real mad at me. How do you want your children to remember you? Whether you know it or not, your life is leaving a mark. Your words are leaving a mark. Your actions are leaving a mark. Everything that you do, your faithfulness is leaving a mark. Is your life centered around the things of God? If so, you're leaving a mark. If it's not, you're leaving a mark. It's positive or it's negative, but in some way, you are leaving a mark in the life of your child. This week, <coughs> pardon me, this week, 
I received some pictures. My cousin sent some pictures to me this week of my great-grandmother, Addie Rogers, and of Papa Henry Rogers' mom and dad. That would be my great-great-grandparents. Pictures go back to the mid-1800s. Never met them. I was able to meet Papa Rogers, Papa Henry Rogers, my great-grandfather. Saw a picture of his, of his wife, who I never met, Mama Rogers, Addie Rogers. She, she passed away of cancer long before I was born. I did a little research, talking to family members, listening to my mother when she would share with me how this truth came about in our family. How did we get into this truth? Somebody knock a door. She said, well, son, it didn't really happen like that. Here's how it happened. Papa Henry Rogers had to go to Houston, Texas. And while he was in Houston, Texas, somebody came and invited him to come to a church service. The Brother James Kilgore's father was preaching. And there he was baptized in Jesus' name and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He came back several days back then, I suppose. It's probably a couple hundred miles into Newton County on the Louisiana border along the Sabine River. He came back there and he began to share his testimony about this Pentecostal experience that he had while he was in Houston. There were some people that would come and gather for prayer meeting. They would gather on his front porch until finally he built a brush arbor. He maintained the brush arbor and the people would come and pray. Just he and his wife and a small group of ladies and circuit riding preachers would come by. They would pray until they stopped in. There were no cell phones in those days. They would just stop by and say, hey, we're coming through. They'd say, let's have revival. They, revivals would go on for weeks in those days because it, that's how they had to grow the church. People didn't hear about things. Today, something happens moments later. They know about it across the world via social media. In those days, it had to be carried from farm to farm, and eventually people around through work in different ways would let them know there's a brush arbor meeting going on. People would come. Eventually enough men came together. Papa Rogers never preached a message. All he did was remain faithful to the Lord, kept a group of people together and maintained an old brush arbor until there was enough people came together. They were able to build the first Pentecostal church in Newton, Texas. They built the church in Newton, Texas. My mother remembers when she was a child going to church. She would go to church with her grandma and grandfather. 
They took her to the house of the Lord. After she became a teenager, she moved a great distance away from them and was unable to be connected with them, and she drifted away. After she and my dad married, my dad was raised with membership in a Church of Christ church and then transferred, he backslid to a Baptist church, and then after being a member of a Baptist church for a while, he didn't really go anywhere, but he was a member and he was not really involved in church at all. My mom became very sick. They took my mom to the doctors. The doctors couldn't find out what was wrong with her. She had lost weight down so severe. The doctor said if something didn't happen, she was going to die. My mother said to my dad, drive me over and told him exactly where to drive to. There's a little church over there, and the pastor's name is Brother and Sister Fuller. It's a little Pentecostal church. They drove over. Brother Fuller was at work. Sister Fuller came out to the car. My mom was too weak to even get out of the car. She came and opened the car door, laid hands on my mother and began to pray. My dad had never seen anything like it before. As she began to pray with my mother and God filled my sweet mother with the baptism of the Holy Ghost sitting in the car seat and God healed her right there on the spot. Two or three years passed with my mother bringing my older siblings to church and then dad finally started coming. He got up to walk out one night and he turned the wrong direction and ended up at the altar. And God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He was baptized in Jesus' name. Here I stand today on this platform preaching to a wonderful group of men. But I was reminded this week that if it hadn't been for the mark of a good father, but that mark actually goes all the way back to a great-grandfather who cared enough to bring a granddaughter when she was five, six, seven, eight, and until she was nine years old to the house of the Lord. And when she was in her mid-twenties and sick and had forgotten about the church and everything else, something clicked in her mind and she said, if I can just get back to the house of the Lord. It was the mark of a grandfather in her life that absolutely has revolutionized our family. I stand here today honored to have three good boys all pursuing ministry. I have a brother and two sisters all in church. I have a sister who is a pastor's wife in Louisiana. None of it's so merit of who we are. It all goes back to somebody who left a mark. What kind of mark are you leaving today? What kind of mark are you leaving for the generations to come? Papa Rogers never knew I was a preacher. He died when I was about six years old. Mama Rogers died before I was ever born. My mother never met my twins. She would be happy today to know that a mark is continuing on. 
and continuing on and continuing on. Dads, you're leaving a mark this morning. What kind of mark are you leaving? I just wonder from the marks that you faithful fathers have made in the lives of your children and grandchildren. I wonder what the future is going to look like because of you. You have left a mark. Continue to leave a mark. Don't let it, don't, don't, don't ever reach a point of being passive and saying, I've done my part. Let the Lord say, well done. You keep doing your part until he says, that's a good job. Well done, that good and faithful servant. Stand with me this morning. CLC is blessed with some of the greatest men. Let's continue to impact our families, impact our, our community. Hey, we need to leave a greater mark in our community this year than what we did last year. Mark our children with a passion for God. When the servant's ear was opened at the all every seven years when the year of Jubilee came and they let them go free, some servants went back and said, push the all through my ear. Mark me as a servant of love. I don't want to go anywhere. I want to tell you this morning that when you leave a mark in your children and in your grandchildren, they will never walk away from the mark that you make. If you're not happy about the mark you've been making, this would be a good day to make a change and to turn that around and start going the right direction. Right where you are this morning, could we take just a moment Maybe you'd just like to lift up your hands right where you are. I know I primarily preached to fathers and grandfathers this morning. But right where you are today, would there be some fathers in the house that would lift up your hands? Maybe you would just like to speak to the Lord for a few moments today. All over this room, everybody in this house, would you turn this place into a prayer room just for a moment today? Let's just call on the Lord today and let's let Him know, God, I want to leave a mark in my family, a greater mark in my, in, in my family than I have ever left before. Go ahead, lift your voice with that prayer this morning. Would you just call on the name of the Lord today? Call on Him today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This morning, make me in your image. Wash me white as snow. Purify this heart of mine. Lord, I'm giving you control. Let me be a vessel, one that's worthy to be.
worthy to be 